Hello! Welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, and this is Joshua Engstrom speaking. I'm currently sitting in Porto, Portugal. I have left Spain and ended my Camino de Santiago. I'm sitting in the back garden of the albergue that I'm sitting at. It's very beautiful here. In the back garden here, they have a, well, two large orange trees where the oranges are just coming into season. So after I finish uh, recording this podcast, I'm going to go pick an orange and have breakfast with my two friends Maggie and Fran that I've made here. Before that, however, I'm going to back up to not this Monday, but last Monday, where I last left you guys. My previous episode I recorded in Finistata, but I didn't really catch you guys up on what I've been doing in the past well, 10 days almost. So, that's what I'll be doing in this episode. Last Monday was my first full day of rest. We had arrived in Santiago de Compostela the previous night, and I got myself a private hotel room, so I could sleep in as long as I wanted without having the lights turned on, and uh, really spread out on a nice big double bed. My intention was to have a bath, and I got to have a bath, but uh, the tub was uh, maybe one meter by 45 centimeters in in size, so I, I barely, barely fit in it, but I guess I got my bath still. But yeah, on Monday it felt great to sleep and to rest for the day. I went for lunch with a good friend I've made, Kieran, a man from Ireland who's been walking all the way from his home. When he got his certificate from the uh, local office of the Pilgrims, where you get your certificate say that you've arrived, it said that he's walked over 2,700 kilometers. Very impressive. He's been getting phone calls from a friend every week who's a teacher, and every week the class that this teacher has asks him a few questions about, uh, you know, how his travels are going. And uh, so when he returns to Ireland, uh, to a small town near Cork, he's going to go to the classroom, and uh, I suggested to him that he wear all of his uh, hiking gear, and he plays the song 500 Miles when when he walks in. So, like... When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who's walking home to you. When I go out, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm sure you guys know the song. But uh, Kieran and I, we went for lunch together. We had kebabs. The lockdown in Santiago has been a bit strange because none of the restaurants are allowed to serve food indoors, but there's still takeout. That's why on Sunday night we had a pizza party at the albergue. It was really fun. A huge group of us uh, that we've been walking together, Marco and Salvatore, of course, Kieran, Ainoa, Charles, Alexander, Philippe, Kathleen, and a bunch of new people that we met as well, Vera and uh, two really nice people, uh, Fran and Maggie, who I'm here in Porto with now. But Kieran and I, we went for kebabs, and we sat just outside of the cathedral, and then we went inside the Santiago Cathedral to, you know, check it out and see uh, why we walked so far. (laughs) 
Unfortunately, the cathedral is under heavy renovations in preparation for next year, uh, 2021, which is it's called a Jacobian year. Uh, I guess that sometime in June, the Saint James or Saint Jacob has his official day, and every seven years that day lands on a Sunday, and so. 2021 is one of these Jacobian years, and the Camino is supposed to be incredibly busy. Almost, if if someone's going to do the Camino, often it's going to be on a Jacobian year. That is, if it's for religious reasons, which a lot of people do. But the interior of the cathedral was completely under under renovations. We couldn't see. Anything really? At least we could walk around the perimeter, but the main section in the middle, all of the organs and the large incense burner, were all covered up in framework and、uh, big curtains. So it was kind of too bad. But on the way to the the cathedral. Uh, we walked past a post office, and I remembered that my mom had said to go check out the post office and ask them if there was anything waiting for me there when I arrived. It was a little strange walking into the post office not knowing if I had post there.、Uh, you know, I'm sure that there's more than one post office in Santiago, but I did that, and I、uh, went up to. The desk, and I showed them my ID, and I said I was a pilgrim who just arrived, and asked if there was a letter. And to my surprise, there were two letters. It was such a wonderful、um, welcome for me to have.、Uh, one was from my mum, and the other was from my grandparents, Bill and Kathy. The one from my mum was very nice,、uh, just having a handwritten letter from her, and she included a poem.、Uh, But the one from my grandparents was particularly nice because, well, I wasn't expecting that one whatsoever. But on the front, my grandmother had done had、uh, put one of her paintings that she did.、Um, she's an artist, and my grandfather, when he did the Camino, he brought back lots of photos, and one photo in particular she did a, a painting of.、Um, he was on the Mercedes, and there's. There he crossed an old man, a pilgrim who had a donkey,、uh, covered in all this ornate kind of、uh, Mexican almost, or I guess Spanish、uh, decorations. But、um, on top of that, they also put fifty euros in there, which was the best.、Uh, so thank you very much, Murmuring Granite, for the letter and for the money, and thank you, Mama, for your letter,、um, and. Stanley and Julian too, of course. They included some notes. But after the cathedral, I went back to the albergue and、uh, I took a three-hour nap. It was supposed to just be twenty minutes. My brother says that a twenty-minute nap is the perfect amount of time for a nap. I'm not much of a napper, but I guess that after thirty-five、uh, days of walking continuously, I, I needed a nap. But yeah, slept for three hours and. When I woke up, it was dark out. I found that Marco and Salvatore were just getting ready to leave. They had planned to go to、uh, the 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 mass at the cathedral.、Um, I wasn't particularly interested, partly because I had already been to the cathedral and the mass was going to be held all in Spanish. 
but just five seconds before they left, I decided to join them. And I'm very glad I did, particularly because the person who led the Mass for the first half was a, a nun who sang for us, and she kind of um, accompanied us in singing and uh, had us sing songs. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but, I mean, she really had such a beautiful voice. It was like an angel's voice. But yeah, overall, I was very happy that I went. I think I would have regretted not going just because I had the opportunity. The Mass itself was nice, but there wasn't anything to look at, and I couldn't understand anything. So um, what I really enjoyed was the singing. I had also decided that my Camino didn't really quite feel finished. When I arrived in the Plaza of Santiago... Uh, on, I guess, Saturday, it it was definitely a relief to arrive, and it felt a bit emotional, but it, it was also a bit of a letdown. It, it wasn't such a celebration for me, this um, wonderful feeling of, yes, I made it, I've done it. It was more of a, well, what now? I've walked so long in another church. And so, speaking with some people, particularly Fran, the man that I'd met, uh, I decided to continue with Marco and Salvatore to Finisterra, the town at the end of the world uh, on the Atlantic Ocean, about 89 kilometers further than, uh, than Santiago. So, on Tuesday morning, I packed up my stuff and me and the boys, we headed off to Finisterra. When Salvatore arrived in Santiago, he picked up a few of his belongings that he'd sent forward at the beginning of his trip. His bag was particularly heavy, and so he'd sent forward um, his tent. Marco and uh, Salvatore, they decided that that evening, Tuesday, because it was such nice weather, which is very unusual, so close to the coast in Galicia, they were going to camp for the evening. Unfortunately, I did not have any space in their tent. Uh, it's a two-person tent. Oh, it's really a one-person tent. But... It's a very good thing that I purchased my hammock because I planned to sleep in my hammock that evening. We walked for about 30 uh, kilometers, uh, maybe a bit further, maybe 35, and we found a very, very nice spot in the middle of the woods, completely in the wilderness. We set up uh, our camp. Uh, Salvatore took a very cool time-lapse video of us setting up our camp as the sun began to set. And then we found uh, some rocks and made a ring to have a fire in. We had brought, uh, well, we tried looking for marshmallows and chocolate and graham, cr graham crackers. I wanted to introduce the Italians to s'mores. They didn't know what they were. But unfortunately, we could not find any marshmallows. Luckily, the, uh, the grocery store that we stopped at before camping had beer. So we made do with beer, uh, not beer s'mores, just beer, uh, and hot dogs. 
well, just the wieners, no, no buns. But yeah, we had a very, very good evening. When I, it was time for bed, I got into my hammock and uh, I'd put my inflatable mattress. It's just kind of a, a small thermorest, but it adds a bit of a separation, I guess, for me and um, the cold air underneath me in the hammock and then I went into my sleeping bag and I'm very glad that I bought a poncho because I draped the poncho over myself. It was a crystal clear night, not a single cloud in the sky. I don't think I've ever seen so many stars up above me. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, But it does still get a bit wet in the mornings because of all the dew. So uh, the Italians helped tuck me in, and I really looked like a pea in a pod. They kept calling me the vegetable, <laughs> but I slept very well until about 5 or 5.30 in the morning when I started to shift, and all of the drops of dew slid down the side of the, uh, slide, side of the hammock onto my arms, and... Um, I got, I got pretty wet and it was very cold, but by 5.30, I realized I wasn't going to fall back asleep again, uh, so I got out and I restarted the fire, and me and my brother, Samuel, we texted for a while. He's been back in Vancouver visiting for Thanksgiving, or, no, not for Thanksgiving, for, uh, just his, uh, his fall break, I think he gets one week off of school. But the two of us, we texted until about 7.30 when the Italians woke up. And then it was time for us to pack up our stuff and head out. For dessert the previous night, I'd I'd bought canned mangoes. So I still had the empty can. I have some instant coffee with me, so I thought it would be a good idea to make uh, coffee in uh, this can to put in in the coals of the fire and, you know, boil the water or heat it up at the very least. And it was the worst coffee I've ever had. It it tasted more like mango and fire than coffee, but it still had that coffee aftertaste. Um, I, I don't know, I feel like how I'm describing it sounds pretty tasty, but it was, it was terrible. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't try it at home. It was... It was bad. But that day we packed up our stuff and headed out. It was quite stormy. Um, Not raining, but strong wind and lots of clouds. And uh, we we had a lot of climbing to do that day. A lot of ups and downs. And at one point we were talking about the possibility of rain. Because it was really, um, I mean, the wind was just insane and so many clouds just flying past above us and Marco said no 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 it's it's impossible for it to rain while it's this windy out and he said it completely seriously five minutes later it started to rain and rain and rain more and it was so so wet out for the rest of the day we still had about maybe 12 or 15 kilometers left to go. But we I've started to realize that when it rains out, Marco just runs ahead. Uh, usually he's quite a slow walker, but when it rains, he's 
almost literally running. But his phone uh, had died, and he knew that which albergue we were going to. He'd only given me the name of the town. So at one point, um, I reached a crossroad where the sign, uh, the arrow was pointing left, but I could see the town to my right. And so I consulted uh, Google Maps, and it said that if I went right, it would be significantly faster. I would save about 40 minutes. And when I called Marco, because his phone was dead, I wasn't able to reach him. So I waited until Salvatore caught up, and both of us made the executive decision to take the shortcut. Um, it kind of wound down next to a large lake uh, towards the town of Olveira. About an hour and a half later, in the pouring rain, we got a call from Marco saying that he'd reached the albergue. He sent the location, and it was not in Olveira. It was four kilometers south of Olveira. Unfortunately, we had <laughs> almost made it the entire distance to Olveira, so the two of us, we had to walk back another four kilometers. So in total, we walked an extra eight kilometers that day, reaching a total of about um, 38 or 39 kilometers. And, oh my God, it was so, so wet out. I, it felt like when I opened my mouth, like I was going to drown. I'm not exaggerating. It was so, so wet out. But I used my age-old technique of screaming swear words at the sky to help me and Salvatore get through it. Um, it was <laughs> looking back, it was, it was actually pretty funny. Both of us walking along this uh, this highway, pretty much, with huge semi trucks flying past us, spraying us with water. It's absolute downpour, and we're just screaming in frustration. But we eventually reached the albergue, which fortunately had a uh, a wash washing machine and dryer. So I tossed all of my clothes in, only to realize that I now had uh, only a pair of underwear, a bathing suit, and a poncho to wear. So that's what I wore to dinner to the restaurant. We'd planned to meet. Uh, the other friends that we made, Ainoa, Charles, Alexander, Catherine, and Philippe at this albergue, and it was actually Ainoa's birthday. So at dinner, we sang happy birthday for her in four different languages, in English, French, Italian, and Swedish. But I think it was a memorable birthday for her. Um, we weren't allowed to sit at the same table because of the COVID restrictions, but we sat at the table next to them, and uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty funny me sitting there in my poncho and my bathing suit waiting for the clothes to dry and uh, singing uh, happy birthday while all the locals gave us strange looks. On Thursday was the biggest day of my Camino. We had 36 kilometers to go until the town of Finisterra and then an extra 5 kilometers after that or about four kilometers, to the 0, 0.00 kilometer marker at the lighthouse of Finisterra, right at the edge of the world. I 
got a bit wet in the morning. It it had rained, and uh, we had to cross a river, uh, or it was a a stone pathway over a river. But because of all the rain from the previous day and that morning, the whole river was overflowing with maybe three or four inches of of water. And uh, when I walked through it, my feet got absolutely soaked. Um, being in not the best mood, I mean, it wasn't a particularly bad mood because I knew it was the last day, but I, I went ahead on my own and uh, spent the day by myself walking, um, accompanied by Nora Jones, actually. Uh, we got the song Sunrise, like, Sunrise, Sunrise. Da, 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 da. Uh, stuck in our heads. So I listened to that for all of the day. But after about 20 kilometers, I looked up and I got my very first glimpse of the Atlantic Ocean. And it was very, very exciting. It was a little hard to explain, but it actually felt like coming home, like I saw my first glimpse of home, and not just the finish line, but home for the first time in in months. I've always lived next to the ocean. In in Sweden, we lived, uh, Gothenburg is near the sea, and Vancouver is right by the ocean. And although uh, for university I lived away from the ocean, I was still near a lake and a big body of water. And there's something about the ocean that just, uh, it, it feels like home to me. But uh, we, well, I continued, and at one point I began to climb down and down and down and down. We were, our, yes, I, I guess we being all the pilgrims, uh, were way, way up in the mountains, probably six or seven hundred meters up. Maybe not quite that high, maybe just four or five hundred meters, but very high up. And at one point, we started climbing down a large, large hill that just had the most incredible view of the entire coastline. When I reached the water, uh, Marco and Salvatore actually caught up to me. They had decided to take another shortcut that actually worked. Um, and we stopped and had two beers by the ocean. Um, savoring the first moments where we could hear the waves and the seagulls and uh, it was really really beautiful weather that by that point so we just kind of soaked up the sun before we finished our last uh, 12 or uh, 12 or so kilometers we continued and by five o'clock I checked my phone to see what time the sunset was at it was at 6.15, but we still had about 6 kilometers left to go. I found that I can walk about 5 kilometers in one hour with my backpack if I'm walking uh, at a decent speed. So I set off. I kept checking my clock because I, I kind of set a personal goal for me in my own head that day to f- reach the 0.000 kilometer marker before the sunset, and 5.30 came, and I had four kilometers left, 5.45 came, and I had three, and that's when I started really <laughs> picking up the pace, and by six o'clock, I still had 
uh, one and a half kilometers left. And so for the last one kilometer, I literally ran. Um, it was all uphill to reach this lighthouse, but I made it there to the 0.00 kilometer marker with seven minutes left before the sunset. It felt like the perfect way to end the Camino. I stayed there at the lighthouse for maybe 30 minutes and just enjoyed the setting sun and it was a bit difficult to see because of the clouds in the distance over the ocean but it was still such a, a gratifying feeling to arrive there. I actually had a bit of a welcome party. A large herd of wild goats, probably 30 goats were waiting there for me. Uh, it was a bit strange but uh, after the sunset, I walked back down towards the albergi, Albergi de Sonia. If you ever go to Finisterre, definitely stay at Albergi de Sonia. It's very comfortable, very clean, and they were some of the nicest staff of the entire Camino. It's hard to say that because I met some incredibly nice staff at uh, some of these albergis. A lot of them are volunteers, or they do it just because they love it, you know, not really for the money or anything, but the staff at Albergi de Sonia were amazing. We uh, had a lot of whiskey and wine, and it almost turned into a bit of a party. They cooked dinner for us, and uh, it was just such a wonderful time. All of us there, me, the Italians, the French people that I've met, Kieran, the Irishman, all of us, and and more. On Friday, though, it was time for Salvatore to leave back to Italy. It was quite sad uh, for for you know to see him go. Uh, we've been walking together for so long, but I think it might have been even harder for Marco to see Salvatore go. They met on their very first day. Um, at the train station before St. Jean-Pied-de-Port. And they just kind of connected, and they stayed together for every single day the entire journey. Um, I mean, they're almost like uh, <laughs> like brothers, the two of them. That's the impression that I got, it, at, at least. But it was, it was difficult to say goodbye to him, but I think something that we've learned along the Camino is how to say goodbye, and... Um, luckily with technology nowadays we can stay in touch really easily so I plan uh, next summer to go down to Naples in Italy um, on a road trip uh, through San Remo uh, where Marco lives and go visit Salvatore uh, he's the captain of a boat so maybe he can take us out on, uh, on his ship a few times there's no expectations or no set plan, but I think that sounds really fun. Um, I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do after I finish the Camino, and uh, I decided to return to Lisbon first to collect um, my stuff and speak with Elicio and share my stories and... Um, you know, he's he's also done the Camino, and we didn't speak about it too much because I had no experience to talk about, but I'm very interested to hear from him now 
um, what, what, you know, to compare my experience to his. But after that, I plan to return to Sweden to spend some time with my family there uh, over Christmas and, uh, you know, over the winter. But for January, I would like to purchase a van to go live in. I think that would be very cool to go, um, you know, to have the freedom to go live wherever I want in my van and, um, yeah, just uh, the freedom that that would enable. But that's my plan for January. Uh, nothing <laughs> set yet. I guess we'll see what life takes me. But I think it's nice to have a bit of a goal for myself to aim towards. But yes, on uh, Friday we enjoyed the last of our time that we had with Salvatore. And uh, myself, Marco, and a few others, including Kieran, we went and got our certificates of arrival, uh, or completing the Camino de Santiago. But there's another certificate in Finisterra that I actually think I like more than the one from Santiago. This one had very, very nice paper, and in the background there's a beautiful watercolor picture of, uh, of a sunset over the ocean. Uh, we went back up to the lighthouse, but we decided to take a taxi. It was my first time being in a motorized vehicle uh, for 39 days, and wow, cars go really, really fast. It actually felt like a, a roller coaster. Uh, I think that our taxi driver was a little crazy, too, with his driving. Um, I've heard that taxi drivers can be a bit crazy with their driving sometimes, but uh, it, we got there, what what took an hour and a bit, to, or maybe 40 minutes to walk, uh, took two minutes by car, so it was kind of fun. But yes, that afternoon, Salvatore left, and we, uh, it felt very quiet, but for me, I had told myself that my Camino was not completed properly until... I jumped into the Atlantic Ocean. I was able to convince Marco to come in with me. I think he didn't want to miss out on the opportunity, although uh, he quite likes having warm water, <laughs> coming from Italy and the Mediterranean. Um, but we were told that the water was 15 degrees Celsius, and I was like, oh, that's fantastic. That's way better than zero or five degrees, but Marco uh, panicked a bit. So I helped uh, encourage him by going to the liquor store first, and we got a six-pack of beer and uh, bottles of champagne. So we headed down to the water, and um, it was really cool. Uh, we went, and there's two beaches in Finisetta, one that faces the mainland on the east, and then a second one that faces out towards the Atlantic. And they, it's it's so wild there. It it feels almost like Hawaii. The waves were huge, uh, almost three meters in size, and there was not a single cloud in sight. And it was uh, one of the best sunsets that I've ever seen in my entire life. But when we got down there, we found um, a bunch of the staff of Albergue de Sonia that we'd become friends with. Martin and Anna and uh, a few other people um, and other pilgrims. Uh, Kieran was there. Vera was there. 
And uh, so Marco and I, we, uh, while we'd been a bit tentative at first, it was this uh, this uh, feeling of excitement. So we popped our champagne and we sprayed uh, it into the air and sprayed each other, and then we ran full speed into the ocean and dove in. I think that, looking back on it, it was the perfect way to start the next chapter of my life. While I'd been walking the previous couple days, I'd been thinking about how would I climb into the water. It was the mentally the end of my Camino, jumping into the Atlantic Ocean. So I'd been giving a thought about, well, would I slowly walk in and dunk my head? Would I run in and dive and run back out? Would I just put my feet in? And running in and diving and this feeling of excitement and doing it with other people there and this amazing network that I've made, I guess. Network's maybe not the right word, This all these connections. It, it felt like the perfect start to the next chapter of my life, to go in without any fear, just excitement, and to dive headfirst into it, and to accept that whatever is ahead of me is exciting and an opportunity. But then we climbed out of the ocean and we sat there with everyone and we drank our beers and watched the sunset until it was dark out and just one of the best days of the entire Camino. I can't think of a better way to finish my Camino than how I did it. Saturday was another sad day. We had a lot of goodbyes. First, we took the bus back towards Santiago, and that's when we lost Alexander and Charles, and Catherine uh, and Philippe had left the previous day. And when we arrived back in Santiago, we also lost Kieran. He went off to stay at a, a hotel that he'd booked because... Uh, I mean, he's been walking for three months, and I think he deserves a proper bath and a nice bed and a restaurant. But that left just myself, Marco, and Ainoa, just the three of us. We spent a bit of time walking around Santiago again, and we went into the cathedral once more. When Marco had gone, he had just gone for the Mass, so he didn't get the opportunity to walk around the cathedral. He thought that all of it was closed, we showed him that you can actually go down into the crypts and see the uh, the tomb of St. James. It's this very, very beautiful silver chest. I, I think it contains his ashes. I'm not too sure exactly. But um, it was a nice time because we were the only ones there. And when I had gone uh, the, the previous, or a couple days previous... There was all this work being done, it was a bit noisy, but this time it was completely silent. It felt like the whole cathedral was just waiting for us. But after that, we went out and bought some pasta and pesto to make for us uh, for dinner. And back at the albergue, and we stayed at the same albergue that we'd stayed previously in Santiago, it was so, so busy. 
There were probably close to 30 people there, and I've never seen so many people at an albergue along the entire Camino. It was very strange because we felt like we thought we'd been the last ones on the entire Camino almost. But I guess that the Camino never really ends. There's waves of people that start it or finish it at different times all throughout the year. It was kind of fun having this lively energy, but uh, later in the night, it got kind of annoying because, honestly, the other pilgrims there were really rude. Um, You know, we were fine with them having a party downstairs, and they were singing and uh, drinking a lot, and that was totally fine, but they came upstairs to the bedroom at, um, I think midnight or 12.30 and they turned on all of the lights and started talking really loudly um, for maybe 30 minutes and uh, I don't know they, they were all French and uh, I think that some French people uh, maybe are a bit hypocritical you know when you go to France they're you know they want you to be super respectful and stuff but then when they go travel uh, they <laughs> Are not, uh, but maybe that's just a judgment of mine. Um, I was I was pretty annoyed at least because uh, we had to wake up early to catch a bus down to Portugal, and uh, you know I I think people walking into the room and talking for thirty minutes with the lights on at twelve thirty at night is just uh, really disrespectful, especially since we've all been through this journey together. I understand that they were celebrating, and, you know, they could have celebrated downstairs or continued downstairs. But on uh, Sunday morning, Marco and I, we woke up very early, and, well, very early being, uh, you know, seven or so, and we turned on all of the lights, and we started yelling and making lots of... No, no I'm just kidding. Uh, we were respectful. Uh, you know, we, we were the, the better men in this situation. And uh, we went downstairs and had breakfast with Ainoa, and then headed off to the bus station. Ainoa was taking a train north back to Basque country. Uh, she's a police officer there. Um, and so we had our, uh, one of our last goodbyes for now. Um, which was also very difficult, but uh, we're getting better at it. We exchanged information, and we all plan to uh, meet again in the future, which uh, gives me hope that uh, it's not a goodbye. It's a, we'll see you later. Marco and I, we took the bus down to Porto, and I'd got a message from Maggie, um, the girl that we'd met a few days previously in Santiago, that her and Fran were in Porto. I asked where they were staying, and uh, they told me the albergue, so I planned to go uh, meet with them. Marco, however, was continuing on to Lisbon. He has friends there that he's staying with, and I think he's anxious to uh, go see them. Uh, He really, really likes the city of Lisbon, and um, was very excited to continue there. I arrived in Porto and uh, said my goodbye to to Marco, but I'm going to be going down there soon, so it wasn't really a goodbye. It was definitely a, I'll see you later. And I went off to find the albergue where Maggie and Fran were at. We had a really nice dinner. 
they had, uh, well, right now Portugal has these strange restrictions where uh, during the week, there's, uh, well, during the whole, uh, all of the week, uh, you know, all the time right now, there's a curfew. But during the weekdays, uh, Monday to Friday, you're allowed to be outside in the streets from uh, 5 a.m. till 11 p.m. And between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m., you have to be indoors. But on the weekends, it's very strange. There's a, a lockdown or a curfew from 1 p.m. around noon until 5 a.m. So my bus arrived at 12.30, and I had to hurry over to the albergue to, uh, you know, to, to make it in time before 1 o'clock so I didn't get in trouble. But we spent the afternoon just uh, hanging out and relaxing. And then on Monday... The three of us, we went out and explored Porto. Uh, it was fantastic. I really, really like Porto. It's got such a cool feel to it. It's, um, it's built on all of these hills around a river that the river kind of winds through the city. So there's all these huge, huge bridges that crisscross the city. And... Um, it's just got this really lively energy to it, and all of the people that we've met are incredibly friendly. Um, we haven't met any bad, you know, unkind people here. Um, we, we Actually, we met one man who was a bit rude to Fran, but uh, he was nice to the rest of us, so it was a bit strange. I, I enjoyed the city so much that I decided to stay on Tuesday as well, one extra day. And uh, we've done lots of things. Uh, we went to this beautiful library where uh, apparently it inspired uh, some of the aspects of the Harry Potter books uh, when J.K. Rowling was here. It's a very old, uh, well, it's more of a bookstore than a library. And it has this really, really cool red staircase in the middle that kind of twists up on itself and up to the second floor. And in the ceiling, there's this very ornate stained glass piece. But uh, we spent our day walking around and checking out little stores and walking along the river. Um, I've bought a few souvenirs. Uh, I don't really have space for them, but I figured, well, I'll be going, uh, you know, back to uh, Lisbon and to my uh, to to Sweden soon, so I can just carry these things. Uh, I bought a mug and some uh, postcards and things like that, some magnets. But in the middle of Porto, there's a very, very cool, beautiful clock tower. And I particularly like this clock tower because at 12 o'clock at noon, it doesn't chime out a bell. It chimes out a song that lasts for five minutes or so. It was very, it was a nice surprise to, to have. Um, what else have we done here? We went for uh, this delicious meal uh, that's famous in Porto called a francesinha. It's a, kind of a, a sandwich that has layers of um, bread, cheese, ham, steak, more bread, egg, and then all covered in cheese, and then this uh, kind of like tomato sauce. But, oof, one of the 
the the richest meals that I've ever had. It really <laughs> fills you up. A good meal for if you're on the Camino, I guess. Uh, you need lots of energy in the morning. At some point in the day, we crossed over the bridge, and uh, we had this magnificent panorama view of the whole city and the river and uh, the bri- uh, the bridges. And so I suggested to friend Maggie that we stop at a small cafe, and I pulled out my paint supplies. Maggie had a small journal, and we each got a piece of paper, and we just sat and drank a coffee and uh, made art together. We did painting each. And um, it was the first time that I've used my paint supplies on the entire Camino, so I guess it was a good thing that I brought them. Uh, I felt like if I didn't use my paint supplies, it would have I would have carried them all the way for nothing. Um, but it was a really nice moment to share with friend Maggie to just sit there and really be present. We were talking about how uh, one of the really special things on the Camino has been its ability to just draw you into the moment and make you present. And some people experience it more than others. For example, for the first two weeks of my Camino, I didn't feel too present. I felt present, but I still had a lot of thoughts and stuff going on. But the other two or three weeks on the Camino, every day of walking, I just I just sank into the moment and really, really enjoyed everything that happened, whether it was meeting new people or getting just a little bit of sunshine or um, even seeing a snail on the ground was a bit exciting. Um... But yeah, we had a very, very nice time. Uh, on Monday night, uh, the three of us, we had a bit of a, a Latin party, and we drank an entire uh, two-six of gin and tonic. Well, of gin, and uh, we brought tonic. And then, uh, luckily, I, I anticipated that we might finish the whole thing, so we also brought some beer. Um, but we were up till almost two in the morning, uh, playing cards and... Uh, just having a really nice time together. Today I'm heading down, uh, today is Wednesday, but today I have a bus down to Lisbon at 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm just sitting out here in the back garden, enjoying uh, my morning, not not doing anything in particular, just enjoying my, my time here. Um, I will definitely come back to Porto at some point in my life. It's such a cool city, and it has just this excitement to it. It's it's just beautiful. It, it's similar to Lisbon, actually. Um, but I've been told by some of the locals here that we've met that it's even better when it's not coronavirus time because all of the streets are just filled with people all the time. There's not so many, like, clubs and things like that, but everyone just spends their days and nights outside on the streets, enjoying the patios and uh, enjoying the live music. So I'm excited for what the future holds. I'm going to go have some breakfast and enjoy a coffee now, but I hope you guys have a wonderful day as well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.